you don't want to just tell this random story that really has no point to the listener because really even though it's your story you want the people listening to see themselves in your story you're listening to wild creative a podcast designed to inspire new ways of thinking evoke wild ways of being and excavate enriched understandings about our purpose creativity and wellness i'm your host emma kvetna maker and mystic teacher and writing coach, entrepreneur, and Sagittarius. I am joining you today from the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, Canada. Without further ado, let's explore the wild creative. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. If you are an artist of any sort, which I assume most of my listeners are, this is going to be a very important episode for you. And especially if you are a multi-passionate artist who wants to do all the things and doesn't want to niche down to just one discipline. It can be intimidating, though, to be someone who is multi-passionate, living in a world where sticking to one thing is the norm, and you may feel that's what's expected of you, and yet you just can't help but be drawn to so many different things. Uh, I am one of those people, so I, I feel your pain. But luckily, though, my guest today is an expert on all of that, as well as navigating how to go about doing all of your multi-passions and how to stand out with personal branding. My guest today is Diane Foy. If you're ready to slide into the spotlight with the impact and income to match, then you should know Diane Foy, the creator of the Fans, Media, and Industry Attraction Method. During her 18 years as an arts and entertainment publicist, Diane represented talents such as Perry Farrell, Big Sugar, The Parlotones, Mackenzie Phillips, and Tyler Blackburn. Diane has been a panelist and mentor at conferences such as Canadian Music Week, Northern Ontario Music and Film, and Indie Week. She's been featured in over 30 media outlets such as Canadian Musician, Sun TV, and Toronto Star. Diane also hosts the podcast Multi-Passionate Artists. As a multi-passionate artist coach, Diane loves that she can draw on her photography, fashion, and makeup artistry experience one day and her creative psychology, PR, and marketing experience the next. That diverse background allows her to encourage artists and coaches to embrace their authenticity, creativity, and purpose as their unique superpowers. Diane joined me today via Zoom from her home in Toronto. Hello, Diane. Thank you so much for joining me on Wild Creative. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Uh, you have led a very diverse and interesting life so far. <laughs> You've worn <laughs> many hats. I'm owning multi-passionate. Yeah, seriously, you really are. I, I, it's crazy the amount of things that you've done already and um, yeah the amount of professions you've been involved in so I would love to know how did you get to land in the coaching like how did you get from the coach all of that to coaching right yeah so my passion has always been arts and entertainment uh, from a young age I was way too shy to be like a performer and put myself out there but I was just so attracted to like the world that artists create for us. It's an escape. And it, I really believe that it heals, transforms and elevates lives. And so that's just been always my, my 
passion. And so when it came time to figure out what I want to do with my life, you know, in high school, they forced you to pick a career to thing. And I was just like, all the careers that they suggested were just like the typical secretary teacher like really boring (laughs) and I was like there has to be something more and I just like entertainment so I opened up my Pat Benatar tour book and (laughs) I looked at the credits and I was like there has to be something in entertainment I saw a photographer so I was like I can be a photographer It, it wasn't that I had a camera or anything like that it was like it was my way in to that world that I wanted to be a part of so badly so I started taking photography I took a two-year very intensive technical photography program and pursued photography fashion photography I I assisted with a fashion photographer I took a makeup artistry program in originally just kind of to help my own photography to do the makeup and photography so I pursued that and there wasn't a lot going on in Vancouver. That's where I grew up. So I had that idea to move to Toronto where more things are happening in that arts and entertainment world. So I moved with the intention of pursuing photography, but I ended up getting a job at Mac Cosmetics because of the makeup training. And I just loved it. I dove into that fashion world and I was a makeup artist for I don't even know how long now it's on and off, but definitely yeah. it was my one number one focus for about 10 years. But even though I had like a full-time makeup job, I would always be on photo shoots and music videos and wanting to be a part again of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And when I started getting bored of the fashion or of the makeup, I was like, obviously I want to be in the entertainment business photography and makeup and I was also a journalist for a bit there it was all in the outskirts and I wanted to be in it so I took entertainment management dove into the music industry at first and started my own publicity company um, right away and just kind of Mm -hmm. figured it out I didn't go to PR school but I just figured it out on the way and so yeah I was a publicist for 16 years started out as music then I got into film and actors and sometimes fine artists and art galleries and all Mm. that and I loved it and even though I got to work with some amazing celebrities my passion was helping unknown artists get known and when I started publicity was easier it was there was a lot more media outlets it was easier to get press coverage Mm. And it got harder and harder to get coverage for the indies. These artists would come to me because they, oh, I have a new project coming out. I need a publicist. But they wouldn't have a consistent brand. They wouldn't have their signature story. They wouldn't have a social media following. And without all that, I can't get you press. I was just like, I was talking people out of hiring me. And sometimes artists were impatient and they might go hire that other publicist that told them what they wanted to hear. Yeah. And I just kept seeing artists waste their money on what they thought was the easy way by paying someone to do it for them. And they weren't taking the time to really explore their personal brand. And I also think they didn't know how. You know, I would say, oh, you need to figure out this. You need to figure out this. You need your social media following. Come back when you figure all that out. And they're left on their own. So that's what brought me to coaching because 
I realized I could help them on a more personal level too. Mm-hmm. And I could coach you through figuring out your personal brand, figuring out your stories and the personal branding part, it's deep in our work. And so you also have to be ready to be able to open up. And once you do that, then people are drawn to you. When you create content for that purpose in mind, you create content that engages people and draws them in. And that's what draws the fans, media, and industry. Then you could do media. <laughs> yeah, then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting you mentioned there about the coverage and how it, back in the day it was actually easier to get coverage. And nowadays it's more difficult, at least for indie artists, and which is weird when you think about it because you would think it'd be easier today with all the internet and social media and all that stuff. So like, what is it about, why is it more difficult today? Why does it seem to have gone backwards, at least for a known artist? So when I first started publicity, I could pitch a few writers, like we're both in Canada. I could pitch a few writers at every newspaper across Canada. And sometimes it didn't even matter if that artist was from that city or was even touring. It's like, I have a new album do a CD review or pitch it. And there was just outlets. There was writers that would do it. And Mm -hmm. also I was one of the few publicists at the time that embraced the online world. And I would get coverage on blogs as well. And so, and actively put social media into it. And not a lot of publicists were doing that at the time. But then, you know, in those, you know, in that decade, the print media started you know, going downhill. Yes, Mm -hmm. more and more online. So I would still, you know, focus on the online stuff. But then there's more competition too, because more artists realize they could do a lot on their own. They could, you know, pitch these blogs. And also with the blogs that came out at the time, in order to get coverage there, it really depended on because these writers were, these bloggers were not getting paid. They're doing it for the yeah. love of music. And then you, when you pitch them, it really had to be a genre mm-hmm. that that writer liked for it to do anything. Um, so when it came to mainstream press, you know, even now, a lot of the papers don't even have an entertainment section, an arts and entertainment section. Right. And for a while, you could only get press if you were touring. And so that's why people come to me. I got a new album. I'm like, well, are you going to tour? Do you have social media following in the cities that you're going to tour in? You know, because if you're touring, at least it's a reason to pitch those outlets in the other cities. Yeah. And all the papers just kind of disappeared. Most of the weeklies are gone. And if they are around, they're, they're focusing on other things that can attract advertising. And also... Speaking of the advertising, it used to be a very fine line between the journalists and the ad department. Now it's mm-hmm. all together. And also with the more competition, even if it, you're talking to a more well-known blog, if two artists, they're pitched two artists, one of the, they love the music equally, but one has a really interesting story that draws you in, has really cool photos has a social media following and an engaged social media following. I don't care. Nobody cares how many followers you have. We care about are people engaging with your mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. They're going to go for that because also if it, 
if you think of it as a cross promo thing, well, blog wants you, if they put the effort in to cover you, they want you to send people to that blog, send traffic their way, just like they're sending traffic your way. And if you don't have anyone to send, again, why should they invest in you? And artists and me as a publicist just kept coming up with this over and over again. And so no matter how much I loved the music or the artists that I was working with and actors too, I work with actors as well. And okay, sometimes their agent would send them to me. Okay, you have a project coming up or a lot of times it's, I I need a US visa, so I need media. Media don't care <laughs> that you need a visa. <laughs> right. <laughs> And if you have a new project coming out, that's great. But if you have nothing until then, you have barely a social media profile, what's in it for them? And so when artists come to me, I'd be like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm one of the honest publicists. (laughs) And um, so I would say realistically with where you're at, this is what you could hope for, which is not that much, which honestly is not worth the money because publicity is expensive because mm-hmm. you're paying for the work and the contacts, not necessarily the results. And so I would be talking people out of hiring me and I wasn't happy because I want to be successful too. I want to, you know, and yeah. it was just a frustrating time to be in. And I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. And that's why the coaching thing was like a light bulb moment of, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, I get it now. And then also through coaching, like I I learned myself a bit more about personal branding and how deep it is. And another interesting part is I was always, there's a reason I was always behind the scenes, right? I'm an introvert. I don't want to be putting myself out there. So it's (laughs) like, it's been the challenge the last few years is to put myself out there too, because as the photographer, makeup artist, publicist, writer, I'm over behind the scenes and putting the spotlight on the artists. Right. And so I know how to get them from unknown to known. And it's now these days, we all have to be kind of a public figure because the same thing, it's social media, it's online presence, it's you have to share your own vulnerability. So that's been the challenge of me. So sometimes when I get artists that are also kind of introvert and they don't feel comfortable, you know, going on video or telling their story, that's, I'm, that's why I'm the perfect person to go. I don't want to do it either, (laughs) but how bad do you want it? And that's where it comes back to figuring out. That's one of the very first things we go through is figuring out what you want but also why you want it. And those two things are really the starting point because a lot of times you're chasing dreams that you think you should be chasing, but maybe it's not exactly what you really want. So figuring out what you really want, say 10 years from now, what it is that, what life do you want? What's important to you? What your core values are? And why is this important to you? Whatever it is that you do. And if you have that deeper, you know, as artists, usually there is that deeper thing and you might Mm -hmm. express it through your art, through your music, through your performances, through your paintings, you put it all out there. But these days you also have to talk it, you know, and, and write it and be on video telling your person deep 
dark secrets, but that's what engages people with you. That's what makes that connection. And if you think about your favorite artists, no matter what type of artist it is, or like if we talk celebrities, it's like you probably love them for more than just their talent. Right. You know, um, I love JLo. I love Janet. Like JLo, I love her fashion, her look, but mostly I admire her work ethic and how hard she works and how passionate she is. Whereas another artist, I might really relate to their music. I might get mm -hmm. so into their lyrics, but if that's all it was, I wouldn't be totally invested. But when I hear about what their actual, their stories are, maybe you love their personality. You love something they shared that you relate to. Right. Something other than the work they put out. Yeah. 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 And that that's what becomes a super fan because- yeah. If you can get people to, yes, buy into what you do, your art or your creativity or your services that you're providing, but if they can also connect with you as a person, you know, even me as a coach, like you can learn personal branding from a lot of different people, but by me really putting it out, how passionate I am about arts and entertainment, it's like artists, I'm your person, yeah. you know, that's what has that deeper connection and you know someone's gonna get you yeah they're really gonna you know? go to bat for you yeah, yeah yeah for sure so interesting how it's all changed over the years with technology and social media and and uh, it's kind of a good segue into your super fan attraction method in this day and age yeah how do you get super fans or how do you get that engaged audience online so super fan attraction method has three stages and Everyone wants to skip to stage two and three. Of course. <laughs> because, and that was sometimes when I first started coaching, I would kind of give the people what they want and try to go to it, but it just didn't work. And now I just insist personal branding. The first stage is the deep inner work and I won't skip it anymore. I could teach you everything about publicity and media but if you haven't really figured out who you are, what you want, why you want it, your personality, your stories, you're going to be lost with the media and also lost with social media. You're still going to struggle what to post every day without doing that. So it definitely personal branding is the first stage and it's the most important stage. And it's kind of like the stage I love working with people the most on because it is deeper. It is a, a personal connection that you go through. And usually the why session is the most powerful where we really dig into why do you want this? What is the driving force, the deep driving force that's inspires you to do this? Because then when all the obstacles come up, you'll be prepared to keep going. And then when it comes to like social media, you may not want to do it, but okay. What was that? Why again? Why do you want this? <laughs> okay, I'll do it. You learn it. And so the phase two is purpose-driven content where you take those stories that you explored in personal branding. By the time you get finished with the personal branding, I want you to be so confident in who you are, what you want, why you want it, your core values. You can make decisions based on that. 
you know, a huge opportunity to kick him up, but does it fit with what you really want? Does it fit with your values? And then it's figuring out who's most likely to appreciate all that you have to offer. And so that transition between the personal branding and the, the content is, well, who are you talking to? So figuring out who's, what is unique about you, but then who's going to appreciate it. So who are your people? And Mm -hmm. and if you're a musician, you might go look at musicians that are your similar genre. If you're an actor, figure out who's similar to you, who gets the roles that you want to have yourself. So you can do it a few ways of pick people that are, you know, really successful and that can start with your research, but also pick people that are like maybe five years ahead of you who have your career that you want in five years and examine how they got there. But figuring out who's who your super fans are is sometimes you'll find them in the comments of those people that you're looking at and start to go to their pages and you'll start to notice like a, a trend, you know, of people that connect with that Sometimes if you're a service provider, it's like who you really love working with. And even though I've mostly worked with artists, musicians, actors, really my favorite clients have been the multi-passionate ones, the ones that they do all of that, you know, Yes. or I'm a singer, songwriter, filmmaker, animator. Cool. (laughs) And most, I guess, and a lot of people before they met me were saying, well, you got to focus on one, you got to niche down, you got to all that advice. And it's so discouraging. And I I think because I've gone through that too, and I've changed careers a lot. And everyone told me, well, you got to stick with what you're doing. Even in coaching, you got to have a niche. I hate hearing that term, niche down. I have same similar to you I I'm interested in lots of different things and there's lots yeah. of things I want to achieve and accomplish in my life and growing up or you know you just hear constantly like even starting a business you have to choose a niche and niche down and I always yeah. hated hearing that because I dreaded whatever I was going to come up with I was I knew I'd hate it yeah yeah because yeah. even coaching I was like all oh, creatives right. <laughs> and then <laughs> even my coaches were like you got a niche down. Okay. I'm like, okay, well, even though I'm more of a visual artist, my people I love working with are more performing artists. Okay. Performing artists. Do they call each other performing artists? I'm like, no, they're a musician or an actor. And <laughs> right. so I had to niche, like, I drew the line at going further from musician and actor. So I really focused on that, but it never felt right. But then through musicians and actors, my favorite clients were the ones that did a few things. And they expected me to say, well, you got to focus on one thing. And and I was like, no, that's exciting. Let's do it all. Let's figure it out. Um, And so my favorite clients were the multi-passionate ones. So sometimes through doing your work, like you may be a performer, but you know, these days, multiple streams of income. So maybe you're a vocal coach on the side or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, who are your favorite people to work with? You know, sometimes those are your people. Right. And I feel like niching down is a little bit of a outdated mode of thinking. Like I think it served us well in the past, but those things of technologies progress and social media, it's so much easier to be multi-passionate these days. Like you really can do it all. So 
And I yeah. think you can, it, there is, I, what I figured out is there is a point to that mm-hmm. and, but there's ways around it. And also it helps to think that you can do it all, but you can't do it all at once. Right. And I think if you were just starting out and you threw everything you want to do out there, yeah, people would be confused. They won't get what you're about or what you, what you, what do you do? Like, you know? Yeah. Um, so in that way, it makes sense. But I think you could do things in stages and yeah. pick your focal points. Right. JLo is the perfect example of the multi-passionate. She does all these things now. She didn't start out that way. She was a dancer. Then she became a successful dancer. Then she was an actor. Then she wanted to be an actor. And I'm sure along the way, people told her, you can't be an actor. You're a dancer. Watch me. She was a successful actor. Then she wanted to be a singer. And I'm sure people told her, you can't be an actor and a singer. Okay. Then she was a singer, actor, dancer. And the more people told her she can't, the more she did. And now she could do anything. Mm-hmm. because she's built that up so think about all the things that you want to do maybe there's something that you can start with if you're multi-passionate you don't really want to just stick with one thing but maybe you have a couple focal points you yeah, know just just to get the ball rolling <laughs> yeah and like i'm multi-passionate i want to do a million things but when it also comes back to your purpose mm-hmm. my purpose and what uh, what lights me up is helping artists succeed other artists yes I like doing my own art but it's not really what I want to do for a living and it's it doesn't give me that satisfaction of helping others with what what I know and so yeah I still do photography I still do all these other projects and I might make them monetize one day but it's coaching with artists I want to establish so yeah, my website is just mostly about that. Mm-hmm. That's um, your foundation, but you brought yeah. other things around it. Yeah. 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 And like, as I build up other things, I might, you know, depends, like I leave it open. And that's right. also back when, before I knew it was coaching, there was a time where I was like, I can't do publicity anymore because I'm not enjoying it. I'm not helping anyone. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I I had that. I'm going to brand myself. I'm going to put everything I do on dianfoy.com and see where it goes. And of course, everyone told me it's a horrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. You'll confuse your audience. You'll people won't get it. You'll seem like a jack of all trades, master of none. And I'd be like, oh, but I've mastered my things, (laughs) you know, but that exploration led me to coaching. I'm so glad you're such an advocate for that multi-passionate things because I relate to that a lot. Like I've always thought like I'm such a jack of all trade, master of none. I can't do anything well enough to be good enough for any one thing. I like too many things. Like I always just thought it was such a negative thing the way I was. Right. Yeah. And I'm still kind of learning and figuring out to change that. It's not quite there yet, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of negativity Yeah. when you're told that's not a good way to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the the Emily Wapnick uh TED Talk? I have not. Okay. Emily... I, I will send that to you. Yes. Because please. that's also speaking of that time where I was like I'm going to put everything on dianefoy.com and mm-hmm. and 
put everything on there and see where it goes. And everyone told me a horrible idea. I was still like, you know what? I'm still going to go with it. Cause I just had that, but I didn't have any example. There was no one I can point to and go, well, they're doing it. Right. Other than the big celebrities. Well, <laughs> JLo can do all that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. But there was no one being a photographer and a publicist. Everyday thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And, or you would have, I used to have separate websites. I would have a separate oh. website for photography, one for publicity. I had another blog and no one knew I did any of it, which was wow. annoying. Right. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I think it's the future. I'm just going to go with it. And then one time I did see that Emily Wapnick TED talk. Mm-hmm. And I know when you'll have the same reaction as I did is it's like she was telling my story because she says, oh, she was in a punk band. Then she was going to be a lawyer. Then she was going to be this and this is it. And she basically the story I just told you, but with different job titles. Right. How everyone told her it was a horrible idea or no one really. And she even says, like, you start to feel like there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And why can't I stick with anything? Exactly. Why? Yeah. Everyone else seems to be able to have that one passion. And do I fear success? Do I fear failure? And all that. (laughs) And she goes on like that. And then she's like, multi-passionate. She calls it multi-potentialites. Because there there actually is a term, multi-potentiality. If you look it up, multi-potentiality, it's a psychology term. And it describes the people that they can't be happy just doing one thing. They have this passion and and quest for knowledge. And so they thrive in, they're able to succeed in a few different areas. So it is like a psychology term. So then it's like, hey, there's nothing wrong with me. And also, if you think about the Renaissance there was that was a time where it was celebrated to do many things right and so definitely check that out it'll make you yes. feel less alone and it definitely will <laughs> i related everything you said there related to like fear of success fear of failure like all of that that's so yeah. relatable oh my gosh yeah all wow. those careers i talked about i went through that every time of like even other artists would tell me that's the thing it's like i would be a photographer and when I was doing makeup and photography like the photographer told me don't do both just do photography hire a makeup artist do so I'm like okay like right. and then as a makeup artist I was like hmm maybe I should do hairstyling and a fashion designer told me you have to stick with one thing to be successful why would you you know and then when I was going from my company to dianefoy.com it's like why would you give up your company name you, it's established and I'm like yeah but I'm not happy yeah <laughs> like, it doesn't make yeah. sense to yeah keep it. yeah yeah it's so funny you say that because I also started a website last year that's under my name on all my websites before that were my business and I had different ones for each business so yeah. under what you were saying and I was like this is way too like segmented and like weird and not I'm I'm not really any one of those things I'm like yeah. all of them um yeah. so now I have a website that's under my name and it, I just put everything there now or I'm going to be putting everything yeah. there so, so I just felt like I was living funny. separate lives you know exactly there's yeah. people that know you for you know most people knew me publicist 
And then right. people that have known me a long time, they thought makeup artists. Oh, you're doing publicity. Yeah, I've been doing 15 years. But anyways, you know. Yeah. Um, and then photography, no one knew I was doing that because I was separate. And it was just like separate lives. I'm also a pet care specialist. Throw oh that in gosh. there. Wow. You know? The whole mix. Yeah. Then people know me as that. <laughs> they have no so idea funny. i'm doing all this and so it's, yeah it's separate lives because i think when people find out they think it's interesting yeah like i think a lot of times because most people only do the one thing and they're only passionate yeah. about one thing when you really open up about all that you are mm -hmm. people are fascinated because they are not like that right and so it is what makes you unique it is what makes you, and because now as a coach, I can draw on all of that. I draw on all of that to what I do now. I may not be taking the photos of my clients, but I can help them prepare. I can help them with their fashion and Just think of the wealth image. of knowledge that you have now to help yeah. people because you've done it all and you have been those things so it's yeah. it's there's no downside to it really like no I think people should just embrace it yeah I could see when you're first starting and and you're not kind of really mastered any one thing yeah then yeah it could be a bit much so that's why you might want to pick a couple focal points mm -hmm. and really master it really get that successful get that making money then you could draw something in and know that you don't have to do that one thing for forever because no. nothing's forever. <laughs> you can always layer in more things. You can always change directions, Yeah, but it's all yeah. gonna, it's all who you are. It's branding yourself. Well, that's a good, okay. Let's jump back to the branding now. <laughs> so yeah. the super fan attraction method. Um, so what it sounds like from what you said earlier is a three stage thing. The first stage is personal branding, then purpose driven content, and then finding your audience basically is the third. The third one is publicity. Publicity. Right. Um, not a lot of people make it that far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but it, it, it's when people want to skip that, but I'm, and I don't even like really enjoy the whole publicity thing anymore, but it's, so that's why if someone came to me and they only wanted PR coaching, I'm not that interested. Yeah. But, and even if they are ready, even if they have a personal brand and, and got their content and social media done, I'm not really that interested. So it doesn't, you know, but I always say it is the method because that's what you want. But if you go through those early stages with me, I'm connected with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Yeah. And so if you go through that personal branding phase, okay, then the next phase is the content. I'll help you, you know, figure out a content strategy, mm -hmm. how to take that personal brand and put it out there so that you could attract people to you. And then once you got that going, then yeah, sure. I'll teach you publicity. I'll, I'll help you get, you know, on media outlets and all that. Right. Just got to build from the ground up first, though, and yeah. make sure it's stable. So with personal branding, then, what are some tips that you could give our listeners that they could start doing today on their own? Well, I think it to start with what it is you really want mm -hmm. and why do you want it? And then yeah. and also just sharing your explore your stories. Part of the the super fan attraction, I do have a free mini course mm -hmm. and, I, and the playbook. Um, the playbook will guide you through the three phases and all the things that go on through it. 
Um, but the mini course really focuses on that personal branding part and it gives you a few exercises to get you started. It gets you started on your future vision. It gets you started on your story, your story timeline. So sometimes we forget our stories, you know, and to really go through and go, okay, what things from my childhood do I remember? What interesting stories or things that happened to you? And then high school, what are some things there that happen? And you start to piece it together. You don't necessarily have to expand on those stories, but just mm -hmm. have that, you know, in mind. And then you can always pick different things to develop into a story that you'll tell on social media. And when it comes to the storytelling, you want to have a purpose to the story. You don't want to just tell this random story that really has no point to the listener, because really, mm -hmm. even though it's your story, you want the people listening to see themselves in your story. Yes. And so you want to be able to hook them in, tell the story, but then somehow turn it back to them. And so um, if you're an artist and you're talking about you got new music out, well, tell us mm -hmm. a story. Tell us the story of, of where that song came from. You know, what was the inspiration? What was the, what happened to that? And then, you know, you can always, as when you're creating content for say social media, you can always have that call to action of like, does this resonate with you? Have you had right. an experience like this? And it gets the conversation going. Right. So it's all about starting a conversation to get engagement. It's not about yeah. the likes necessarily. No. Um, it's, you want those comments. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you want to make connections, really. It's connections. Because yeah. if they start, if they start connecting with you, you can always take the conversation into the DMs or further. Right. Um, but you want just to be able to. Yeah. And I think a lot of our artists or anyone thinks social media is just putting things out. But you also have to take the time to go engage with others. Yeah comment on their stuff and replies yeah. to their comments and all that fun, all that fun stuff. Yeah. 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 So uh, do you have any examples of like a client that you have of this in, in action, like the purpose-driven content with the brand and stuff, just to get a bit more of a tangible, like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. So actually my first coaching client was when, after I did all my coach training, um, it was that artist that typically came to me for publicity, but mm -hmm. wasn't ready. And, but she was willing and eager. And she also um, had released music in the past and things, she didn't get the results she wanted because she didn't have a proper plan. She didn't have the proper marketing to it. She didn't learn enough about it. And so I thought she was perfect. And she was, she had this album years in the making but she was in no hurry to throw it out there because she really wanted to do it right this time. So she was like the perfect person to do the coaching with. And I, my, my method, especially in the personal branding thing, hasn't changed at all since then. And so we did coaching for about three months every week. And we went through that personal branding. And so she was able to really dive into her story, 
all the things that you don't necessarily always think about. You just kind of put a slap a bio out there and throw your stuff mm-hmm. out there and hope everything yeah. works. Um, but we were able to really explore her stories, her core values, what she really wants, why she wants it. And then when she was ready to release her music, I was still doing publicity at that time. So I was the publicist she hired, right? Yeah. And she hired a radio promoter and she's like a dream client. Because she did all that work, because she had her stories so that she could post on social media and be more authentic, be more um, consistent with her image, be more consistent with her story she tells. And then when we did the publicity and she had radio promoter, she was able to have success. And she was able yeah. to release an album as a successful independent artist. And also through our time, I also hooked her up with another project. And now that project is hugely successful. So she got in this trio. So mm-hmm. and she's like, Diane even hooked me up with my current band and they're doing well. And it, it all stemmed from that. And then since then, I've had other clients that you know have gone through that as well and it they all basically say the the personal branding part at first they didn't necessarily even get why it was so important Mm -hmm. like why do we care like why do we need to do all this deep inner work and yeah and you know but then it makes it there's a day that it'll just click and you'll get why and especially when you go to the content part you know, if if I just taught you everything about social media, but you didn't do all that personal branding stuff, you'd still be stuck going, I don't know what to post today. But if if you, yeah, you shape, your, you collect your stories and have different topics that you can talk about, social media is less intimidating. Right. It's yeah. still a pain in the ass. I say. Oh, it's a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's uh... just getting harder and harder. I know. It's but, a necessary evil, right? Yeah. So, some people may think that their stories aren't interesting enough. Like, like you said, like they don't, some of your clients didn't understand why do we have to do the personal branding thing or um, why do I have to do that inner work? And so some people listening might think, well, I don't have any interesting stories. I couldn't possibly have anything to pull from of value. And it's interesting because like, don't, you know, you never know what somebody's going to take from your story or the, the relatability. But yeah, what would, what could you say about Well, I think that's why the doing the work is so important because we don't look back. We don't think we're that interesting or like cares about my story. Like it's not that interesting. But if you really start exploring it, there's always something amazing, especially when you do the why. Because I'll give myself as an example, like for my why, of course, it's like I love arts and entertainment and then that's usually the first answer when you say why do you do what you do oh because I I just really love music is all I want to do I love acting I love that okay why um I don't know I just always went around it and then you just keep saying why and getting Mm -hmm. to the the core of it and there's always some well when I was a child like maybe you had a lot of trauma going on in your life for me, it was like arts and entertainment was that escape. No matter what's going on in your life, you can ex- you know escape to that world. Um, 
other people, maybe they saw themselves in characters on television and those TV shows really helped them get through a, a tough time. So now they, you know, was one of my other clients I'm talking about is that, you know, she wants to be able to have that impact on other young women, mm-hmm. you know? So she wants that. Those are the roles she wants. She wants to play on those kind of teen TV shows yeah. to make that impact. So you can find your why in your past it's yeah. there somewhere. Yeah. And this, it's interesting. There's always something. And like, yeah, it's finding that deeper purpose of why. And you're artists, you know, it's like, even if you're painting and you're an introvert and you're in your world, mm-hmm. there's still your inner self that's you're putting on the canvas and taking time to really explore the inspiration for it. Why do you want to do this? Because if you don't have that, like you'll quit. And so many, you see so many artists quit because it's hard. It's, it's hard to be successful as an artist. But if you look at the ones that are successful, they work their ass off to get there. There is no overnight success. And They probably have that start watching other interviews. There's they probably are telling start paying attention to stories people are telling. Right. Or look up the, uh, the history of one of your favorite celebrities. Like, yeah. How did they get to where they are? You'll probably see all the crap they went through or. Yeah. 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 Things that they did before they were acting or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And even if you you know, had that picture perfect family life. There's always something interesting, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And sometimes back when I was a publicist and I would go through artist bios, sometimes they'd all be the same of, especially if it's younger people who maybe haven't actually done much yet. It's the typical she started singing at age five and da, 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 like who cares? But a lot of times I'd find something really interesting at the very end of this long ass boring bio. And it's like, that also is what I love helping you with because, you know, so you don't think your story is interesting. Well, this long ass bio, it wasn't interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. There's something at the end there. Tell me that. Tell me more about that. It's sometimes it's things that you don't think you would put in a bio that makes you interesting. It doesn't have to have have anything to do with your art. There's something about you that's interesting. The thing that you think people wouldn't like to hear is probably exactly what they want to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting comfortable telling those stories because I know it's it's hard to, to be vulnerable. Yeah. And I think the more you do it, the more comfortable you are. And I think that's why it's so important to have a coach to really help you draw those stories out. Cause honestly, when I first started doing this work, I've, I had artists that, you know, when it came to the why they were reluctant to really share and yeah. they would tell me things that they'd never told anyone. And the concern was, I don't know if I'd be comfortable telling this publicly. And then also I would be like, you don't have to, there are ways of saying 
maybe you experienced trauma without going through what right, the trauma was. What it was, yeah. Yeah. But meanwhile, just the fact that they started talking about it and exploring it, then the next time I meet with this artist, she's like, I'm telling everybody. Uh, what? Because <laughs> she, she never told anyone. And then she told me. And then all of a sudden she's like, the light bulb went off of why she creates the type of art she creates because of that. And then it just opened it up and she, you know, it helped her explore deeper mm-hmm. into the trauma and go into therapy and all this other thing. So there's so much that can happen when you really explore it. And then the more you share your story and how I say, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to put myself out there, but it's if it's what I have to do to get where I want to go and help more people, then I'll do it myself. And mm-hmm. I find the when I first started, I would probably look back at it and go, it's not personal at all. But at the time, you think this one little inch of, you know, personal story is, is so big. But the more you do it, and then the more people will start to relate to you too. Right. Which and then it gets easier and you just you now you want to share more and you're feeling, oh, this isn't too bad. And yeah, yeah but being vulnerable is hard for a lot of people these these yeah. days. But so baby steps. Yes. So even if someone's doing that and they're 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 willing or they're willing to do that, and we talked a little earlier about how social media it is it's harder these days to get noticed because it is very saturated with because everybody can do it now, anybody's doing it. Um, how, how would someone, how could someone best stand out in today's world, even if they're trying to tell, cause everybody's trying to tell their stories. Um, but is there any kind of tips you could give? Cause I feel like some people might think, oh, I have to do something crazy to get people's attention, but, but I don't want to. I think so just consistency and like, I'm finally taking my own advice and doing a lot of this myself too. And yeah, it is hard. And, but if you could come up with a content plan and just stick to it no matter what. Actually, a great quote from one of my mentors I saw recently was like, yes, when you look at all these successful people, like even just in the coach world, you see them with thousands and thousands of followers and clients and making a million dollars, but you didn't see them showing up to a, a live where zero people showed up. And they kept doing it and they kept posting even if no one was doing it. And so I find even sometimes artists will say that, oh, I've been posting every day for the last month and nothing is happening. So I stopped. You have to keep trying. And I'm not even necessarily, I wouldn't say a social media expert because I've given that up. I used to have that title. Now I'm like, uh, it's a full-time job and it's not what I want to do. So look to those social media gurus, but I find even some of their advice is too much. Mm -hmm. You know, sure, you have, if all you're doing is Instagram, sure, you could post that many times a day. We can't. We have other things we want to accomplish. So you also have to have that balance of not letting it take over your life. But mm-hmm. I find like this year I started having a plan and no matter what, it's like theme weeks is, especially if you're multi-passionate, I find that's what's helped me too by, cause you know, I could go on about a million different topics and it's almost like so much that I would 
tell no stories. I would tell no, I would teach you anything. And theme weeks has really helped because then it just narrows down to one topic. It's a good idea. You know, and then, okay, what different pieces of content can I create with that one topic? For me, I do a podcast, then I might do a blog post, then I'll do maybe a carousel post with the main Mm -hmm. points. Um, I'll sometimes do a quote card. I will. Um, so, and then the reels I pull right now, I pull them from the podcast, which is a video podcast. So they're not the best, but waiting till it was perfect. And I under, and I learned everything was making me do nothing. So do what you can with what you know. And when I figure out more things, the reels will get better. But right now they're just clips from there. And also figuring out what works for you because I struggled with reels for a long time because my brain doesn't work in three easy steps to whatever. Mm-hmm. And 15 <laughs> seconds, I'm like, right. I want to sit you down and tell me, tell you everything I know, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so that's been the challenge. So right now I'm just pulling a quote straight from the podcast and throwing it out there whatever it's making me consistent so that I post something you know multiple times a week and it doesn't matter how you're doing it at least as long as you're doing it regularly because once it's up there that content is out there if someone lands on your profile down the road they'll see all this amazing content but if they land on it and see oh she hasn't posted in like a month I guess this account is dead or something like it's she's left yeah and I think a lot of people are only relying on stories now yeah. But stories disappear. I, yeah. And stories are for people that are already following you. Right. If someone is not following you and they go to your page and you haven't posted in a month, like, oh, well, no sense following them because they don't see the stories. Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure you're still posting to your feed and posting. Video is what the focus is now Mm -hmm. so you want to do that as much as you can but yeah yeah, it takes a while to figure out how to do it properly and how to tell your stories and I'm constantly learning I just signed up for yet another storytelling kind of program last week because I'm determined to master it but you can't wait until you figure it out and I Mm -hmm. think I did that for a long time too it's like well when I finally finish that course and really figure out the video production. The thing is though, it's, it's not the course that'll get you to figure it out. It's actually doing Doing it. it. Yeah. You, you could know all the things or go to all the courses, but if you don't actually do it or practice it, you won't see how little you still don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that you still have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That is about all we have time for today, unfortunately. I feel like I've, I could have so many questions for you. You just seem like such a wealth <laughs> of knowledge and branding is such a huge thing these days. So I'm just glad we got to talk uh, at all. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Um, before people, before you go, can you let everybody know where they can find you, how to connect with you, and if you have any offers or things coming up that you want to promote? Yeah. So I, my podcast is Super Fan Attraction, personal branding for artists and creatives. And that's just renamed recently. So I go through different topics there. But the free playbook and mini course is probably yeah. where I would go to first, dianefoy.com slash freebie and sign up. The playbook 
kind of gives you the roadmap of the different phases that ideally you want to explore to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And then the mini course gives you a taste of what it would be like working with me. And I give you some exercises to go through. So it's a great starting point to really see what it is and see where you're at. Like I also have a client recently where she really did already know her personal brand stuff. You know, she was able to answer every question I had. I'm like, okay, you are ready for the content part, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it might help you see where you are on that. Yeah. So I'm dianefoy.com on socials. I'm dianefoyarts on all socials. Awesome. Okay, great. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you. Um, My last question for you that I ask all my guests is what final piece of advice can you give our listeners for living a wild, creative life? Figure out why you want something so that you chase what you really want. You know, like stop, stop hiding, stop letting fear hold you back. Stop letting lack of knowledge hold you back. You know, you you want that wildly creative life. Figure out why you want it. And then that will be that driving force and play like fear of failure, I think holds us all back too. just do it. Same same thing we were talking about with content. It's like, so it's not perfect. Just do it. Just throw it out there. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And the more you'll discover how creative you are. Yes. Yes. I love that. All of that. Such good advice. Because I I think a lot of people can get caught up in the wrong reasons for doing something. But if you know your why, now you've got the right reason. And it's easier to follow. Yeah. I don't want you to quit. I want you yeah. to, there's, you know, because I believe there's so much importance in art and creativity. It does yeah. change lives. And yeah. I want there to be more of it in the world to, and for you to express yourself and live your purpose. Yes. But too many of us let that fear or lack of knowledge hold us back. So that's my mission in life. (laughs) Yes, I love it. It's a good one. (laughs) Thank you again so much, Diane, for all your wisdom and insight into branding and all things entertainment. Uh, It was a pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Diane. I hope you enjoyed our talk and learned lots about personal branding and perhaps what you need to do next with your own branding. If you'd like to connect with Diane online, all the links are below in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast overall, please do rate and review. Don't forget to subscribe, follow and share. I also have a Patreon for the show if you'd like to support it that way. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas for future episodes, please email me at emmacavetna at gmail.com. Otherwise, until we meet again, stay wild, stay creative.